Happy day, Rosa O. Garcia with Why Jesus? Why is Jesus important in your life? Well, he literally is everything to me because he is the only one that keeps his promises and the only one I can count on, basically. Plenty of reasons of why Jesus for me. I'm hoping you will maybe ask yourself if Jesus should be important in your life or not. Um, but this podcast talks about some of the reasons why he's important to me based on the things that I learned from him. And so we are learning from a manual come, called Come Follow Me put out by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And this year is finishing the year that covered Doctrine and Covenants, a book of scripture. Previous year, we did the New Testament and the Book of Mormon. And uh, this new year, we're going to do the Old Testament. So, inviting you all out there to join us. And you can buy a physical copy at Deseret Books or you can download the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints app and do a library search for Come Follow Me and it will take you to the current week and so today we are covering the week of November 29th through December 5th um, and you can also go to um, lds.org and do a library search for Come Follow Me and look for the week that you're interested in. So, disclosure, I am not a professional podcaster. I am not a scriptorian. I am just someone that is sharing things that help me look at life better and deal with trials and the things that we are thrown being thrown at um, with a better outlook and so hopefully something that I share may help you in some way or form is it's exactly what it is I'm hoping to do with this and uh, you know by all means this probably benefits me more than anyone because it helps me remember the things that are important to me and what I'm working on by sharing it with others so but with that disclosure I'm just saying take it easy on me um, being critical of the mistakes I make I am not in a studio so I'm sorry if you hear my dog and cat and maybe children in the background I do my best to do it at quiet times but nonetheless, things don't always work out. And so, with that, the section for today, uh, November 29th through December 5th, is titled, The Vision of the Redemption of the Dead. And it covers Doctrine and Covenants section 137 and 138. And um, the topics for today are the following... Every soul will have the opportunity to choose celestial glory. 
Second, reading and pondering the scriptures prepares me to receive revelation. Third, the work of salvation is happening on both sides of the veil. And the veil means just both sides in the spirit world where our loved ones that have died are currently at. And obviously here in the physical world. So both sides. And so I love this, this lesson because it gives you and me so much hope, uh, a glimpse into the eternities and, and the life after death because that will be for all eternity. Right now, this is just a temporary life. Some of us live shorter than others. And so it doesn't matter how long you've lived on the earth, we will all die. And we will all be resurrected. And that is a gift given to every human being that has lived, that is currently living, or that is yet to live or have a physical body, even if it's just for seconds and then they die, it doesn't matter. They will be resurrected and will be eternal beings. And where you and I get to live is determined based on how we live our lives. And so for me, that gives me a purpose on how I should live my life and how I should do things better uh, because I'm building a home in my the next life and I want it to definitely be better than the one I have here. So in any event, I am going to read the summary because I always do such a great um summary that I could never really do on my own. So the summary here starts, President M. Russell Ballard taught, I invite you to thoroughly and thoughtfully read Doctrine and Covenants 138. As you do so, may the Lord bless you to more fully understand and appreciate God's love and his plan of salvation and happiness for his children. And you, anybody out there listening, you are a child of God, regardless of whether you believe in him or not. You are. And so it says here, the revelations recorded in Doctrine and Covenants 137 and 138 are separated by more than 80 years and 1,500 miles. Section 137 was received by the Prophet Joseph Smith in 1836 and in the unfinished Kirtland Temple in section 138 was received by Joseph Fielding Smith, the sixth president of the church in 1918 in Salt Lake City. But doctrinally, these two visions belong side by side. They both answer questions about the destiny of God's children in the next life and both take on added depths of meaning when we consider the life experiences experiences of the prophets who received them. Joseph Smith's vision helped him 
understand the eternal destiny of his beloved brother Alvin, who had died six years before the authority to baptize was restored. Questions about Alvin's eternal salvation had stayed with Joseph ever since. Joseph Fielding Smith's vision revealed glorious truths about the spirit world. Surely a comforting revelation to one who had grieved the deaths of many close family members. Joseph Fielding Smith lost his father, Hiram Smith, at age five, and his mother, Mary Fielding Smith, at age 13. By the time of his vision in 1918, he had mourned the passing of 13 children. Many questions that people have about life after death are answered in these revelations. 137 casts some initial light on such questions, and section 138 opens the curtains even wider. Together they testify of the great and wonderful love made manifest by the Father and His Son. So, I'm going to read that short scripture there. And the great and wonderful love made manifest by the Father and the Son in the coming of the redeeming of the Redeemer into the world. So, by sending Jesus Christ to the earth, the Redeemer of the world, God is showing us his love. And, you know, these two, uh, Joseph Smith, the prophet, the first prophet of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, who restored the ancient gospel of Jesus Christ as he left it, uh, back in the day when he walked the earth with his 12 apostles. Um, that priesthood authority died when the last apostle was killed and nobody was ordained to receive that authority from God again until Joseph Smith came along. So between these two men, Joseph Smith and Joseph Fielding Smith, um, they mourned the great loss of many family members. Joseph Smith the first prophet buried four of his children and um, his parents and his brother. So he lost seven people in a very short time. And Joseph Fielding Smith lost 13. So they knew what grief meant. And they had all the questions about what happens to our soul or us after we die and so this section is wonderful in that way so section 137 says every soul will have the opportunity to choose celestial glory and so we all get to choose where we want to live in this next eternal life and it doesn't matter if you did not get to choose here on the earth you're going to get to choose in the spirit world where you're going to be waiting for the resurrection. And so just a previous podcast, we talked about how when people die, uh, some people go into paradise because they lived a righteous life and serving other people and helping. And they were just good human beings their whole life or most of their life. Um, and those that didn't and lived a very wicked, unrighteous life, they're in what we call spirit prison. Um, 
and they're all waiting there. This is kind of like a waiting spot after we die. Um, waiting for the second coming of Jesus Christ when the resurrection of everybody will be completed in different sections. And so after that, we go through the judgment part to see where we get to live based on how we lived our life. And so this section 137 tells you, you have the opportunity to choose celestial glory. That means the highest degree of glory. And uh, we're going to read on a little bit on how Joseph Smith saw his brother um, there in a vision after he had died. And he had questions as to how he got there because he had not been baptized before he died. And so anyways, it says the common understanding among Christians in 1836 was that if a person died without being baptized as Joseph Smith's brother Alvin had, that person could not go to heaven. Yet Joseph saw Alvin in a vision of the celestial kingdom. As you read section 137, ponder what you learn about Heavenly Father, his plan of salvation and celestial kingdom. So we are going to go to section 137 and we're going to read a good portion of it um, so that you guys can understand what Joseph Smith saw. And then, so it says here, this is what Joseph Smith saw in, in, in scripture. The heavens were opened upon us and I beheld the celestial kingdom of God and the glory thereof, whether in the body or out, I cannot tell. I saw the transcendent beauty of the gate through which the heirs of the kingdom will enter, which was like unto circling flames of fire. Also the blazing throne of God, whereon was seated the Father and the Son. I saw the beautiful streets of the that kingdom, which had the appearance of being paved with gold. I saw Father Adam and Abraham and my father and mother and my brother Alvin that has long since slept and marvel how it was that he had obtained an inheritance in that kingdom seeing that he had departed this life before the Lord had set his hand together Israel the second time and had not been baptized for the remission of sins. Thus came the voice of the Lord unto me saying, all who have died without a knowledge of this gospel, who would have received it, they had been permitted to tarry. If, okay, let's do that again. All who have died without a knowledge of this gospel, who would have received it, if they had been permitted to tarry, shall be heirs of the celestial kingdom of God. Also, all that shall die henceforth without a knowledge of it, who would have received it with all their hearts, shall be heirs of that kingdom. For I, the Lord, will judge all men according to their works, according to the desire of their hearts. And I also beheld that all children who die before they arrive at the years of accountability are saved in the celestial kingdom of heaven. 
What a glorious vision of heaven. So God judges upon our hearts and soul how we see and view the world and people. And we, if we are so righteous and so good and we die without the knowledge of this gospel, we will be heirs of it in the next life because God knew we would accept it if we had lived long enough to find it. And also, all those beautiful children that have died before the age of accountability, which is eight years old, they automatically go to heaven. Automatically. And so, oh my gosh, can you imagine how much, so much sorrow and pain has been lifted off of parents who thought their children who died before um, were lost? Not so. That would not be a just and loving God to have that some happen to his children. So everybody will receive an opportunity to hear the gospel in this life or the next or based on the intents of their heart God may grant them the degree of glory that they would have chosen had they been given the opportunity because he knows us that well okay and so let's what a glorious thing to happen for all of us and our loved ones we all have family that fall into all those categories so in any event, the next section, reading and pondering the scriptures, prepares me to receive revelation. And revelation is the guidance from God in our current living situation. If we get stuck and we don't know what to do or how to um, obey certain things in life or make certain decisions in life, we go to God and he guides us and directs us. And I'm definitely seeking to do that here very shortly. So it says here, sometimes revelation comes even though we do not seek it, but more often it comes because we diligently search and prepare for it. As you read Doctrine and Covenants 138, 1311 and 2530, note what President Joseph Fielding Smith was doing when the eyes of his understanding were open. To better understand the Savior's redeeming mission, then consider how you can follow President Smith's example. For instance, what changes can you make to your scripture study to allow for more pondering over the scriptures and more reflecting upon the Savior's great atoning sacrifice? In this message, The Vision of the Redemption of the Dead, President M. Russell Beller suggests other ways in which President Smith was prepared to receive this revelation. Consider how you have been prepared for experiences you are having or will have in the future. So these verses that we're going to read um, right now tells us of how President Fielding Smith um, received his own revelation and um, let's see if I can read some of that quickly I'm running out of time and we'll have to go soon so it says on the 3rd of October in the year 1918 I sat in my room pondering over the scriptures and reflecting upon 
the great atoning sacrifice that was made by the Son of God for the redemption of the world, and the great and wonderful love made manifest by the Father and the Son in the coming of the Redeemer into the world, that through his atonement and by obedience to the principles of the gospel, mankind might be saved. While I was thus engaged, my mind reverted to the writings of the Apostle Peter, to the primitive saints scattered abroad throughout Pontius, Galatia, Cappadocia, and other parts of Asia where the gospel had been preached after the crucifixion of the Lord. I opened the Bible and read the third and fourth chapters of the first epistle of Peter, and as I read, I was greatly impressed more than I had ever been before with the following passages. For Christ also had once suffered for the sins, that just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in, the pri in prison, which sometime were disobedient, when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls, were saved by water, and that is in Peter three eighteen twenty, For for this cause was the gospel preached also to them that are dead, that they may be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the spirit. As I pondered over these things which are written, the eyes of my understanding were open, and the spirit of the Lord rested upon me, and I saw the host of the dead, both small and great. I marveled. For I understood that the Savior spent about three years in his ministry among the Jews and those of the house of Israel endeavoring to teach them the everlasting gospel and call them unto repentance. And yet, notwithstanding his mighty works and miracles and proclamation of the truth and the great power and authority, there were but few who hearkened to his voice and rejoiced in his presence and received salvation at his hands. But his ministry among those who were dead was limited to the brief time intervening between the crucifixion and his resurrection. And I wondered at that, at the words of Peter, wherein he said that the Son of God preached unto the spirits in prison, who sometime were disobedient when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, and how it was possible for him to preach to the spirits and perform the necessary labor among them in so short a time and as i wondered my eyes were opened and my understanding quickened and i perceived that the lord went not in person among the wicked and the disobedient who had rejected the truth to teach him but behold from among the righteous he organized his forces and appointed messengers clothed with the power and authority and commissioned them to go forth and carry the light of the gospel to them that were in darkness, even to all the spirits of men, and thus was the gospel preached unto the dead. My friends, I'm having to go for a little bit. I'll be back.